Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Well, today is another street tip segment, and I have Chicago photographer Molly Porter on the show. Hello, Molly. Thank you for taking the time to join me today on Street Focus. So tell us, who is Molly Porter? Uh, well, hi. Thank you for having me. I'm really thrilled to be able to talk about my photography. Um, I am, um, I'm going <laughs> to... I live in Chicago. Um, I'm a full-time working person. Um, I work for a law firm. I'm in marketing. Um, I have a family, two kids, uh, one who's about to turn seven, one who's 14. Um, I'm married. Uh, photography is something that I discovered a few years back um, I, when my work gave me a mobile device to, to test um, websites on. And when I discovered uh, what an awesome photo a phone could take, uh, I was hooked immediately. Um, since that time, I've been um, doing photography on a daily basis. Uh, I've become somewhat of a gear hound or gear collector. Um, right now, I'm using a Fuji X-T1, but I also have a number of film cameras that I'm experimenting with uh, throughout the summer. And I do photography mostly during my work day. So a lot of my shots are taken during my commute or during my lunch hour um, while I'm at work. So that's why my work tends towards sort of the urban or street theme. Uh, but generally, I like to think of myself more as a photographer and I'm looking to branch into other areas. Most recently, I did a series of portraits of people that I met through Instagram. Oh, fun. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Um, it was very, very different from my street work, but definitely influenced by my street work. I used a lot of the same locations that I shoot in um, during my work week and was able to explore some themes using models that are a little bit harder to get with candids yeah. um, because you don't always have time to wait for the right subject or you scare the right subject off with your camera. Mm -hmm. um, so it's nice to have uh, someone to work with consensually. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's uh, yeah. that's interesting because, uh, well, you met Steve Brokaw at the Out of Chicago conference. Yes. And he yes. did a model shoot on the street. So it's really influenced by street photography. And mm -hmm. I've been friends with Steve for a long time. He's been on my workshops and and he's a, he's an awesome street photographer. But he's also a fashion shooter in the studio. So he I like how he incorporates, you know, the two genres together. Yeah, I was so... Um, I was so happy when I saw Steve's work because it because it's so similar to what I do. Um, except he does his is more high end. Mm -hmm. uh, it, mine tends to be just me and a model, but he also does a lot of uh, pre production, yeah. styling, uh, makeup, lighting, and all of that. Mine is really very bare bones by comparison. So it's interesting to see yet another avenue or direction I could take my work. For sure. So yeah. do you work for clients at this time or is it just for you? It's entirely just for me. It's it's a it's a passion project always. And um, at the conference, one of my favorite takeaways from Rick Salmon's 
talk was, um, would you rather be on a roller coaster or a merry-go-round? Um, I tend to want to keep my work more in the roller coaster vein, um, because the minute something starts to feel rote or like it's something I've done before, or I've got this down, I've figured it out, I've cracked the code, then I'm, I'm ready to move on to something different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. And it's good to keep it fresh. And nobody yes. makes the rules at this. It's whatever you right. feel like doing. And that's what I, I love about, <laughs> about photography. Same here. Yeah. Same. I know. I, I mean, I used to work for clients for many, many years. And now I just shoot for me. And <laughs> it's like, oh, there's no better place to be. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That'll, no compromising. Yes. So you have 10 tips for us today. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. So let's just get started. Tip number one. Okay. Um, one of my favorite ways to shoot is with a friend. So that would be my first tip is to shoot, shoot with someone that you trust and someone who you, um, feel like you can grow with. I think a lot of times street photographers feel like, um, shooting street is a lonely pursuit or that it's something that, <clears throat> You have to do solo that maybe another person will get in your way. But if you're working with someone else who has similar goals or, or similar um, way of working to you, it can be very productive. And one of the things that I really enjoy about shooting with a friend is that you have some comfort in the face of rejection. So say someone notices you and gets angry that you're shooting them or that you happen to want to do a street portrait and somebody says, no, I don't want you to take my picture. It's always nice to have someone to commiserate with and, and find comfort with. So I really do enjoy shooting with, with a friend. Yeah. Um, I, I totally so that, agree. Yeah. It, it emboldens you too. Mm -hmm. When you're, yes. especially for new street photographers, I always mm -hmm. tell them, you know, if you're a little shy, Go with a friend. Mm -hmm. It definitely puts you in more of a, a social or gre gregarious mood, and it yeah. can really change the the tone of what you're doing as well. That's such a good tip, and uh, and it's fun too. As you said, it's kind of a lonely, <laughs> lonely uh -huh. endeavor, you know, to be a street photography. Where it's uh, yeah, it, I mean, I think we potentially do our best work when we're alone because we're really mm -hmm. in the zone but sometimes it's just nice to just hang out with friends and it pushes you to get out more it does push you to get out more mm -hmm. um and it also helps me to see see things differently like i like to observe what my friend is is capturing or how he or she approaches um a subject or a scene um But the, the, the most important thing to remember about getting out with a friend is that it isn't a social experience. Um, it really is about working. Mm -hmm. So you, it has to be with someone you've developed some trust or some empathy with. Um, otherwise, it's not going to work. I tend to be very easily distracted by making new friends. I chat too much or whatever. Um, so it's good to take a friend that you've entered that nonverbal zone with. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, and that's uh, we just commented on that on a recent episode. It's like when you're with photographers, um, and I I teach workshops, and you know, so I I spend a lot of one on one with some of my workshop students. But we, it's kind of nice because you don't ever have to explain yourself. You could be even having a conversation, and then all of a sudden you just disappear because you saw exactly. something, and it's totally fine. <laughs> it's not rude because we're all photographers. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, that is fun. That's a great tip. Okay. Thank you. Tip number two. Um, tip number two. Um, I always carry my business cards with me. 
Or I also have met people who carry a small book of their work with them. Um, I find this is helpful as I branch out more into portrait photography or am considering um, embarking on a project, maybe uh, working with a single subject over a period of time. Um, I find the business cards are, are useful to help explain what I'm doing and make contact with people that I might want to have continued contact with. For instance, um, when I was doing one of the photo walks at Out of Chicago last weekend, I stopped a girl to do her portrait. And I gave her my card and she's since been in contact with me. We're going to meet. Um, she's going to bring her friends. Um, it has a potential to um, take my work from being solely street focused to being more project or documentary focused. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But it helps to be able to explain what you're doing. People are less um, aggressive or and aggressive isn't the right word, but people get less suspicious annoyed or, 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 yeah. or less suspicious if they think you're a legit That's right. person, yeah. which is something a, a business card can do for you. For sure. And, um, and I, I tell people too that um, the business card doesn't have to have your address or phone number, just right. you know, a link to your website or just a, uh, an email address. Keep it generic, you know, because you don't mm -hmm. want to give too much personal information to strangers, but something generic that you can hand out. Um, I think, yes, as you say, it gives you a little more credibility. Yeah, that's exactly my card is my name, my website, my email and my phone number. Mm -hmm. um, and it's surprising for as many as I've passed out, how few contacts <laughs> I've gotten back. I know. Um, yeah, I it's maybe one, one out of 10, if that. Yeah. Yeah. I think one tip for, that I want to give myself is if it's someone I really, really want to work with, I need to get their contact information, too. Yeah, I've had a couple of those. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm always surprised. But you know, and and we've discussed that before, too. I think when we were using DSLRs, people mm -hmm. were more likely to contact us. Now that we're using smaller cameras, maybe people don't take us seriously. Oh, that's funny. And uh, we, I, I know I get less requests. Uh, and I hand out probably just as many cards. Or I probably do less street portraits than I used to. But um, I used to get a lot more uh, con people contacting me when I was shooting with big gear than now. Huh, and I think there funny. is that, that um, yeah, people think maybe, oh, well, she's not that serious. She's got a small camera or something. <laughs> it's actually funny. kind of funny. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm always surprised too at how, how often people don't contact you. I think if I was, if somebody was to take my portrait on the street like that and handing me their card, I would certainly contact them for, to see it. I, yes. And I've had, <clears throat> I had one kid, um, I shot him in Daly Plaza, uh, one day last week and he immediately contacted me that's that's more of what i expect but it is it is rare i think maybe maybe photography is more disposable um yeah. now than it was a few years back that could be yeah mm -hmm. yeah i like when that happens too that i, I mean i barely turned around and i already have an email <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. that is always fun it's a good interaction yeah. uh yeah business cards are, are good to Good idea. And they're so cheap, too. You can get them for pff, almost nothing these days. Right. So. Okay, tip number three. Um, tip number three <clears throat> is really more of a mindset. Um, mm -hmm. It came from an article I read. Uh, Valerie, I'll give you the link so you can add it to okay. the, the blog post. Um, but the idea that nowadays we shoot with pixels, and pixels are data, and data is plastic. 
um, I want to encourage people to to think of what they're doing as as um, a flexible or plastic medium. It's great to get everything right in the camera, but today you have many tools to perfect images or help you achieve your artistic vision. And I don't want anybody to, especially myself, to feel put off by um, sort of dogmatic purism when it comes to street. Street really is art. It is not the same thing as... Um, journalism mm -hmm. or documentary photography so uh, I use a, I use a lot of different tools to um, help give my images a certain look um, and your your images do have a certain look I mean I when I see them I know they're yours yeah thank you thank you for saying that yeah I have some presets that I use in Lightroom okay. um, one of my favorite uh, tools to use is is um, straightening the lines with lens correction mm -hmm. um, I I, I love the, the look of a tilted shot, but mine aren't ever quite tilted enough to make it look like a <laughs> yeah. legit shot. Yep. So I, I do like to get that horizon straight and all the building lines straight. It, it adds an extra um, feeling of drama. Um, I, I don't um, excessively clone stamp things. I'm not someone who's going to clone out an entire figure, but I do have friends who, who work that way. And if it takes your shot to that next level, um, then I, I say, why not? You know, it's, it's your work. It's your statement. It's your vision. Yeah. Um, that, that is, you've got a good point. Yeah. I, I don't do it myself and I would have no satisfaction removing things or because mm -hmm. I feel like it's my responsibility to do it right and position myself mm -hmm. to remove distracting elements. That's part of the game to me. But right. uh, but I do use the, yeah, I straighten verticals because, yeah, unless they're really tilted and very dynamic, then it looks off and that really distracts from your subject. So mm -hmm. I think those are great tools. But um and but yeah, I, I totally, it's like nobody makes the rules. You do whatever you want. If you feel right. good about it, yeah, why not? Yep. Good point. Um, now, Thank what you. do you use for your color? Uh, so, do you use any in-camera um, film simulation? You just—I didn't know—I didn't even know you were shooting Fuji. So, do you use the Fuji film simulations, or do you make your own things? My most of what's on my site um, in terms of street is from my Sony A6000. Okay. So I did use um, Lightroom presets for that. For my Fuji, I haven't released a lot of my Fuji street work yet. I'm still um, getting acclimated to it for street, but I do use the Chrome simulation. I know. On Isn't that beautiful? My Fuji. It is really, really nice. Yeah. Um, and it, it makes me realize why so much of my Sony work I converted to black and white because the color uh, was just not there. Yeah, I, I know. I've I've never shot as much color as I have lately since the classic Chrome. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I I mean the other film simulations and color I thought were beautiful too, but more common than the classic Chrome. There's just something about it that's so timeless and and soft, and it just speaks to me. Um, it's and, very nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's good to hear because uh, I think I'll be seeing more classic Chrome from you then. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Tip number four. Um, one of the places I look for inspiration is actually outside of street photography. So 
Um, I always look to movies, music, performance art, conceptual photography, painting, and um, even anthropology are potentially really uh, fertile areas to to get ideas and to freshen your point of view. I think with social media and the and the focus within social media on street photography, but it, it becomes very easy to put yourself in a bubble of people doing similar things and repeating the same um, themes and compositions in their work. And I really like to try to continually refresh my creative vision by looking outside of um, outside of social media, basically, for photography inspiration. Um, I, I included anthropology there because I ran across a very interesting project. Um, it's it's in a book now, and Valerie, I'll give you the link so you can include it in the blog post, um, where a Dutch photographer stood in one space for a specific span of time and took pictures of people who were all wearing the same thing sort of coincidentally and put them into a book. Um, so his, his work almost... Um, goes into the area of social research. It's not street specifically, but it just lets you know that just because you're standing on the street doesn't mean you have to do one type of street photography. Um, I also look to painting a lot for inspiration. Of course, there's Edward Hopper. Um, I think a lot of street photographers are familiar with his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because he, he almost does like street painting. Nighthawks is an amazing uh, painting. I think any of us would like to duplicate that in a photo. But I also look at people like David Hockney, um, his, his painted work and also his photography. He does, he does photo collages or painters like Ma- Mark Rothko, his um, color fields. Um, all of these can be very inspirational in terms of what you look for in the environment around you. So I do like to um, uh, almost sometimes avoid um, some of the street photography circles online because mm-hmm. they do become so self-repeating. So that's that's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, movies too. Um, yes. And, and I can tell when a photographer is influenced by that, you know, because their, their, their work all of a sudden just changes. Mm-hmm. The inf- the cinematographic um, yes. influence for sure, and that's that's thought, a great way to uh, to get inspired. I think I'll skip ahead to my uh, a, a, another tip um, that's later on in the list, but it does relate to film photography. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is taking thinking about your shots as your um, framing up shots for a film. So one of the things. To, to study uh, the actual shooting techniques of film can really um, help you with your photography by showing you um, the establishing shot. So that's a scene taken from very far away, the medium shot to establish interactions between characters, and then the close-up to get the emotion. And this is one way that you can shoot across your whole um portfolio to organize your work into a story and where you've got a scene established and then you've got characters established, um, a storyline, maybe taken from different times that you've shot, but that, but it knits up into a story. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways that film, film photography, my study of film in college has actually helped me um, as I become a photographer. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So you did study film? Yeah, I did. But it was in the 90s. And uh, 
cameras were always a little intimidating to me. So mm -hmm. I studied film more from a sort of a cultural criticism point of view. Um, the, the structure and the storytelling um, elements of film. Um, so I did study that in college. I loved it. Yeah, that's, that's I wish awesome. I'd, I wish I'd picked up a camera <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> well, you know what? It's never too late. Look at you now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, when it's when you're ready, you're ready. And uh, um, I think uh, I mean, I, I picked up photography fairly late as well. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it matters. It's always a good time to uh, change careers or change. I mean, not even career, it, uh, just finding your true passion. Right. Um, you know, it's um it's it's always a good time for that. Yeah. Awesome. So are we still at tip number five? Did I, we skip? Yeah, we're gonna go we're gonna go to number five and we're gonna skip number seven. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Go ahead. Um so I think one of one of the things that um I always had trouble with when I started um doing quote street is um things in the background mm -hmm. i would say oh i wish that fedex truck wasn't there or oh i wish that garbage can wasn't there um i think it's a good idea to flip your thinking about that and think of these contemporary signifiers as something that will look beautiful or strange or different or trigger nostalgia in the future um so that's my that's my next tip, tip number five. Don't be afraid to capture objects that might look um, too contemporary or, or even ugly or ordinary. That's true. Um, to you today, because in the future, uh, they will look extraordinary. Um, an example of that is uh, Matt Weber, who I follow on Facebook, posted a picture that he took in 1988. It was simply a picture of a Marvel Man billboard. Now, the that's something that you don't see anymore. Tell true, yeah. You haven't seen since 1998. Um, it's a very, very simple photo, uh, but it immediately triggered a reaction in me of, wow, how much has the world changed? Yeah. And, um, you know, another photographer who captures a lot of ordinary, everyday scenery, uh, visual flotsam and jetsam, um, is uh, William Eggleston. Uh, and when you look at his photos of signs or supermarkets or or uh, the Dairy Queen, uh, you you see a world that has changed substantially. Now, when he when he took those photos, were they special? Did uh, maybe I don't know. Um, I I've I've forgotten what it what it felt like to look at ordinary things back then. But now, when I look at them, I'm like, wow, the world is really different. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, I just phone booth even. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Or, um, this, the story that I told on my, on my photo walk was, um, the, the garbage can. Um, we, in Chicago, we now have these solar trash compactors. Um, when they first installed them, I was like, can you please just bring back the wire trash baskets? Cause those look so much better. Um, but I've sort of come to love these solar trash compactors. They're a place where, um, people put interesting advertisements and, um, I'm, I'll put, uh, I'll send you a photo of one to put in, in the blog posts, uh, so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, but the, you know, the, it, even something ugly is an opportunity to experiment or to change your perspective or or point of view. Yeah, it's a good 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 point. Turn mm -hmm. something that could that you see potentially as negative into a positive. Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, tip number 6. 
Um, tip number six is um, probably fairly commonplace, but it's it's a tip that I'm using this summer. Um, it's a good it's a good place to practice um, at festivals or in, in crowds, crowded streets. Um, people are less likely to notice your camera. Um, they are especially at festivals. They're much more gregarious and open to having their photos made, um, and you can capture people um, having different kinds of interactions. Um, for the first two years I did street, I simply photographed people on my commute. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm branching out into other areas of the city and I'm using festivals or, um, or other types of events to discover new parts of the city and to take different kinds of photos. Um, they're great cover for people who may be anxious about shooting strangers. Um, and like I said, people tend to be more gregarious, friendly, open, or ready to have their picture made. For sure. Do you yeah. ever go out to these events with a, like a theme in mind? I feel that, I mean, I do, I, I do also shoot, like we have the big Minnesota state fair, or we have big mm-hmm. um, car shows and things like that. And, I like to go with like I'm only going to focus on humor or humorous situation or oh, that's things like that, and I, it it kind of keeps um, you right f- now, focused in a way because it's so overwhelming. There's so much happening around you. It can absolutely be overwhelming. Um, right now, um, I'm focused on neighborhood carnivals, mm-hmm. um, and I'm actually shooting them with my film camera. I think one of the things I I want to do is to kind of get that in spite of my last tip, kind of get that, um, timeless look, um, of a, of a, of a scene that, that could have taken place, you know, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I go in phases and right now I'm back into a sort of a visually voracious phase. I'm ready to photograph anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then sort let the themes sort themselves out later. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, so we're skipping number seven, and we go right into number eight. Yep. Um, So, number eight, um, don't be afraid to shoot the back of your subject. Um, I think that uh, a lot of people think shooting backs is um, sort of cheating or weak or like you you're not brave or courageous. And I certainly don't encourage anybody to focus solely on backs or if if that's if you find yourself looking at your work and that's all you've got you really need to think about coming around to the front of your subject um but i also think that in the right context and at the right time um shooting the back of your subject can really allow the viewer to project themselves into the scene it gives them an entry point into the scene um and sometimes faces can be um off-putting in a mm-hmm. way. Um, the the face becomes a portrait. You ask yourself, is this somebody I should know? Um, do I know this person? Whereas with the back, you get a little bit more of an anonymous figure that, that you can empathize with. Absolutely. Um, Mm-hmm. And I'll send a couple of my back photos um, for you to put in the blog post. But And I have a whole set of them on Flickr. Yeah. Um, they're probably more boring to look at as a set than they are to look at in context with other photos. Um, but, yeah, I definitely encourage people not to um, feel hemmed in by this need to get a face or this need to get close. Sometimes um, a subtle 
portrait taken from the back or backwards portrait, the hashtag on Instagram uh, can be very, very powerful. I, I, I totally agree. And uh, can be beautiful and artistic, um, you know, and, and there are elements that will make those more interesting. I mean, lovers, you know, in an embrace mm -hmm. from the back, I think is more beautiful than from the front. Most of the time, there is yeah. a, a mystery, it's intimate, you're not invading their privacy. And I think that's fitting. Or people dressed, you know, sometime with a hat or something can be a really beautiful shots from the back. So yeah, I, uh, if done right, uh, I think uh, it's just like umbrellas, you know. Yes, they may yeah. be a little cliche, but if done right, it, an umbrella picture is pretty awesome. <laughs> and, you know, backs and umbrellas, I can say the same thing about both of them. Yeah. If you're like me and you shoot a lot when you're walking to and from work, that's what you're going to get because yeah. everybody's walking in the same direction and it rains sometimes. Um, I've had people look at my portfolio and say things like, oh, you like umbrellas? And I'm like, you know, this is, this is, this reflects my life. Yeah. You know, this life is, this streets. is what I see. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm not, um, I didn't hand that person an umbrella. I didn't make <laughs> it rain. <laughs> That's just how it was that day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to show your life. So true. Okay. Tip number nine. Um, faces. Speaking of faces, um, I tend to keep my camera over my face when I'm shooting. Um, you have to be careful not to trip and fall and to um, sort of peep away from the viewfinder so you can navigate uh, your way around. But I find that doing this um, sort of keeps me invisible in a way. Um, if your subject sees you, sees your face and then sees you raise your camera, or if you have sort of accidental eye contact with your subject, it can really ruin the moment. So keeping my camera over my face is one of the things that I do um, to help me um, uh, work around those impulses, uh, mm -hmm. that, that people might have to flee or to, to hide their faces. So I hide my face. Yeah. Um, and I use amazing. sunglasses, but yes, <laughs> that works too. <laughs> sunglasses works too. Um, but it's amazing what just simply walking around with your camera over your face, um, can do in terms of, uh, keeping you invisible. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's something I don't do anymore. I, I rarely, rarely bring the camera to my face, but, uh, I do avoid eye contact for sure, because yeah. as you say that, uh, that's bringing attention to yourself and it ruins the moment. It's not about being sneaky. It's about not disruptive the scene. So exactly. For sure. Exactly. Okay. Tip number 10. Um, no, you're right. Both when it comes to shooting in public spaces and when it comes to sharing, selling your work. Um, this is something that I get asked about a lot. Um, in terms of shooting in public, um, it's very, very good to be well-versed in um, the, the, the place where you live, the rules about shooting people in public. I know they're different in other parts of the world than they are in the U.S., but here in the U.S., you're free to shoot um, in, in public spaces. Um, of course, if you're into a conference confrontation, um, you, you really want to weigh the emotional cost of that on you, um, and your subject. Um, I had, a, I got into it with a parking garage attendant, uh, not too long ago about shooting on a public sidewalk. Um, and that day I was, I was in the mood for a fight. I was gonna, <laughs> I was, I was gonna win it. Um, I was like, you call the cops. I'd, I don't really care, but I was with a friend. So again, I, ha I needed to weigh the emotional impact of that on all of us. And, and, uh, I, I dropped it. Um, but 
Another place where there's some sort of questions or ambiguity here in Chicago anyway is whether or not it's okay to take photos on the CTA, which is our, um, uh-huh. which is our transportation line. Um, yes, you're allowed to take photos. But then again, if it's like a big group of photographers with tripods, of course, <laughs> that represents a different kind of um, uh, sort of... Uh, concern for for CTA around safety. So you just want to know you want to know what your rights are in terms of where you can shoot. Also, when it comes to your finished work, you want to know what your rights are for sharing and selling that work. Um, I all of my work is strictly for my own benefit. I don't sell it commercially. I don't license it. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, I don't need any any model or location releases. Um, but if somebody wants to buy a print of my work, that's perfectly within my rights, um, without a model or location release. So it's just good to know, uh, it's good for you to know what your rights are, um, in terms of selling your work as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, it's, it's in a situation basis, you know, I, I'm not confrontational. I think that's the worst thing we can do as street photographers is Mm -hmm. if people conference us is, never be confrontational back. Uh, even if we're in our rights, you know, you don't want it to be a bad experience and it, it makes it difficult for other photographers behind coming behind us, you know, too. So, or after us, I should say, uh, we, we should uh, definitely be respectful, but it's good to know your rights. I mean, I've had even... Um, Security guards, you know, sometimes they they feel like they're cops <laughs> when they're not. Right. And uh, I said, really? You know, like they asked me to leave. I said, I'm in my rights. I can actually shoot here. And uh, and sometimes I said, yeah, please, please call the police. That's fine. You know, then they'll let you know that I'm in my rights. And usually like, oh, well, maybe I should uh, look into this further. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, I I call it the the people with the clipboards. You know, there's a <laughs> there's a certain type that, uh, given a little bit of power, yeah, um, like to exert it over others. And I and I understand that that's their job. But by the same token, I'm not going to let myself be humiliated or um or or turned away from something that I know is perfectly within my rights. Um, but. Yeah, you you always have to weigh the emotional impact of those confrontations and ask yourself whether or not you're willing to take that on. And sometimes it's best to just go on to the next corner Absolutely. and maybe something better will happen. Yeah. And if uh, if you want to make a point, you can do it in a nice way. Yes. Um, and by being calm and kind, uh, you get a lot more out of that than mm-hmm. being confrontational. So that's uh, that's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And you have a bonus tip for us today. So I do. And my bonus <laughs> tip is something that I really, really struggle with. But I think it's probably one of the most important things that you can do as a photographer, and that is to stay in shape. Um, your your body is is maybe as important or more important than your, your camera when it comes to doing street. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your, it's your tripod. It's, it's how you get the shot. Um, and w- one of the things that I try to do on a daily basis is squats. Um, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> I can't kneel. I don't, I don't know how people kneel. Um, but I can squat and it's not as fast as kneeling, but I try to do them every day so that I can stay limber and I can get those lower angle shots, um, with ease Yeah, and without falling over your legs are, your legs and your feet are so important when it comes to photography. Um, the walking, um, 
And so it's just important to to keep all of that in shape, especially as you approach midlife and beyond. That's so true. Yeah, I just, I mean, and I make a living out of this. And, you know, there are days when I'm for walking 15 miles a day for days and days and days, you know, when I'm in Europe. And uh, I had um, tendonitis on one of my on my left foot that uh. lasted several weeks and uh, it's finally better but it happened uh in italy and in, in april and i suffered through it through my workshop in paris by icing several times uh several times a day whenever i th- well i didn't think about it after well i was halfway through the workshop and like and one of my uh, workshop participant uh who is a doctor said you know just get some frozen peas <laughs> and we had a good laugh about that I was like i didn't even <laughs> think of it you know something i would have thought about from my kids but when it's for you you just don't think of it so right. i did that as much as possible you know icing it and then um but it's like i never get more than a two-week break between workshops so it's impossible to be off my off my feet and and it's in you know it's intensive walking yes and uh finally it's healed but i was nervous because i'm thinking well th- my legs are my livelihood and yes. uh and even if it was just for for fun i mean i cannot live without street photography that's what i do that's what I, that's where i'm happy <laughs> so <laughs> i can relate it's so important to stay in shape and find the right shoes Yes, or get orthotics if you need them, or yeah. you know any anything to really really keep yourself comfortable is yeah. is important. I know. Um, yeah, we it was so hot and humid um, when we were both shooting in Chicago recently. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was a disaster at the end of both days, and I finally I was just like, you know what, uh, I. I'm not here to be pretty. I'm here to do photography. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. We kind of. Oh boy, it was it was painful. But uh, when you're on this hot, you know, uh, city street concrete midday, there's <laughs> no place to hide from the no sun. No place and, to hide. I mean, we were happy. We had great sh- light and shadows, but. <laughs> It was pretty painful at times. So yeah. Well, Molly, this has been really, really fun, and it's always nice to have girls on the show because, uh, thank you. As you know, street photography is definitely male dominated, and uh, um, I'm always excited when uh, when I contact a, a female street photographer who wants to come on. So the show. So thank you so much for taking the time. Where can people go see more of your work? Um. Thank you for having me on the show, first of all. And I agree with you. Um, street photography does feel male-dominated. Um, but I think we're we're reaching a point where more and more women are coming forward um, and putting their stake in the ground around street photography. Um, I'm in a couple of groups on Facebook. Um, the, the, the groups that I... I'm active and devoted to women street photography, um, women in street photography. Um, I'll link you up with those, Valerie, so maybe you can find more subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can see my work online at um, mollyporterphotography.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash mollyporter. And then um, my handle on Flickr is molly underscore porter. Awesome. I'm currently on break from Instagram, so um, that oh, you are, probably, yeah, we could probably do a whole other podcast um, about that. But I needed to get, I needed to get away from um, sort of the the tyranny of likes. Um, I wanted to explore my photography for me and not think about an audience. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, so I unplugged my um, un- my Instagram. I I put it back 
I put it back online for out of Chicago, but I'm probably going to um, deactivate it again. Um, it's it's re- it's a really peaceful space to shoot without worrying where you're gonna <laughs> whether you're gonna get a shot to post or where you're gonna post it. That's true. Yeah, the pressure can get. I think you have to get over that and mm-hmm. just you know no matter what you shoot for yourself. Right. And uh, but it's it's easy to get caught up in it. So very, but that very would be easy. a good uh, good show we should think about that you know get uh, two or three photographers to to discuss that um in a panel discussion i think i think it would be great i think that um it's it's part of the reason why you see so many of the same themes repeated in street as well is that people um they they get they get positive reinforcement for a certain type of shot people try that shot they get positive reinforcement um and it sort of becomes a self-perpetuating cycle um and i'm very interested in thinking about new avenues for my photography and i think i would just prefer to to test them on myself for a while because you're the one person you have to please really Well, thank you, Molly, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank Have you. a good day. You too. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show. And if you enjoy it, please don't forget to share on social media and spread the love. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. Hit the streets.